Hello and welcome back to episode four of the One Game at a Time podcast, discussing all things South Australian football. I'm your host, Seb O'Neill, joined by my three regular co-hosts, Mark Talbot. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm well, Seb. How are you? I'm doing perfectly fine. I'm also joined by Alessio Karoshi. Karoshi? Karoshi? Alessio, how are you? <laughs> Good. Good. Sunny day. Nice and warm. Absolutely. And also, he's back, uh, David Grant. David, how are you doing? Good. I'm very well, thanks. And I'm pleased to hear you've managed to pronounce my name correctly. So, yep, always good. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Um, to start off with, as usual, we'll go through our picks of the week. Um, and I'll start first with probably what's been the biggest news in, in the past two weeks. We didn't even get a chance to discuss it last week. But the whole thing about the Comets having a fence, not having a fence, uh, it was announced the other day that they will finally be getting their fence, but it went through multiple processes through the Adelaide City Council. But it's good to see that sanity has finally prevailed. Yeah, I read a little article today um, uh, on one of the online newspapers that talks about um, the number of support there was for that. You know, I think there was uh, around 1,600 members had um, turned up at the courtrooms, or at the hearing, whatever the term is, sorry. Um, standing room only and, and indeed i think a few of them had been uh, had had to watch the proceedings from a from outside and a live stream outside so um i agree with you seb i think sansi's prevailed and, and and um good to see that it's gone through yeah i was uh chatting. fortunately I, I know someone actually on the board uh at comets and um i was reaching out to him and having a chat with him about it um i think in the first few days of the petition going out they had something like 1100 signatures uh within no time at all uh, which was fantastic news. Obviously, common sense has prevailed and that they will get their their fence, which the scary part is it's only a 1.1 metre high fence. Um, so all this for a, for a 1.1 high fence is rather scary. But the good thing is they got their fence or they'll, they'll get their fence. It's all been approved. Um, and they can start playing their go games now at their club rooms, which they've been working towards for such a long time. So it's great for the club. They'll finally have a, a home uh, for their match days, for their seniors, for their women's, uh, and obviously their their mini roos, their juniors. So it's great news for the club. Again, common sense has prevailed. Um, I'm just glad to see that it's uh, the turnaround time between the the no vote to now the yes vote um, for them was so quick because the the concern was that there was going to be a bit of a delay between that no vote and when they were able to meet next. But I think with the amount of signatures they had on that petition sort of force the hand a little bit to get it done this week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a, a very positive step towards getting a lot of their home games at home. And I think from to my to my knowledge, they've already got the uh, money, monetary approval as well for the funds towards that fence. So it should be getting up uh, quite quickly. Hopefully the next thing they do is get some more parks in the car park if they're going to host some games there now. But um, yeah, it's good to see. I'm, I saw a video today of some pictures of the pitch as well and it looks like like a premier league standard like st george's park almost training kind of pitch quality uh so it's gonna be good to see some games there as well and um i think that ties us into our next point about how they've started the season off as well just going on that as well crush it uh, alicia they were saying that they're looking at doing them <laughs> um on friday nights so they're looking to play their home games on a friday night trying to track that city vibe uh, so people straight after work that are working in the city, they can head there, 
mate, I'll tell you what, if they can get a public transport system, show your ticket, get free public transport like they do for the A-League and the AFL and the Pink concert, I think they might be onto a winner. Absolutely. And that petition ended up getting 1,693 uh, signatures in the end uh, online. And obviously it's definitely helped make that change for the Adelaide City Council to let them have the fence. I hope you boys signed it. <laughs> and we'll go on to, speaking of Comets, we'll go on to Alessio. You want to talk about Comets on the pitch? Yeah, so I'm sure if any of the past listeners listened to most of our predictions, I think all of us probably had Comets in the six or in between four and seven, probably like that. I think I had him at fifth um, to make it. But, uh, yeah, they kicked off the season well. We're talking about their new signing in Roberto Garrido, uh, and he did mark his debut with a goal. Uh, just before half time, but what I wanted to talk about mainly was just the link up between the front three they did have with Alan Welsh and Halad Nirabona, the new signing as well. I, I think everyone's seen in the goals wrap in the MPL that fantastic assist from Aladdin to Alan Welsh that was even had the, the cameraman with a reaction. So you don't always often see that on a neutral, but I think they're going to do, yeah, going to be quite interesting to see what they do this season. Obviously, they were playing against the Olympic side who are struggling for some form so far and they've got a lot of new players to introduce. I think one of their new signings, T-Boy Kamara, had to come in in the 30th minute for an uh, injury replacement for one of their players, Arby Mollis, who was playing against his former side as well. Uh, yeah, I was just very interested to see how quickly that those front three have combined and what their chemistry is like so early in the season. It's, it's very good to see. Yeah, from a comments point of view, it's, it's going to be great to see that link-up play straight away. I mean, but when you talk about it, you look at the three players, Garrido and Imports, you'd expect him to be able to link up pretty well with most players. Welsh, we know the standard and the quality that he brings. You know he's going to be able to click with pretty much any player you put him on the park with. And, uh, and we know Yerobona, obviously, he's been around, he's been playing at Adelaide City the last few years. So you know that they're, they're good enough uh, football brain wise and things like that and, and obviously the execution to be able to, to link up like that so it's it's good that they've, they've obviously started so quickly uh, but scary for the other teams if they're already linking up and it's only round one i think a lot of us predicted maybe comets not to finish as high as maybe seasons past but i'll go to you on this david do you think it's all doom and gloom for adelaide comets I know we're only one game in, but is it all doom and gloom? Yeah, we're only one game in, so it's it's very hard to predict. You know, this might be the only game they win all year, but um, I doubt it. On 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 from what I saw, um, I, th- I think they I think they what did we say mid table for them originally? I can't remember what our predictions were, and I, and um, I still I still think that's where they're likely to end up, but um, one game and it's still very hard to to make any predictions. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, in the in the next couple of weeks, because that'll set the tone for the rest of the season, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, we'll continue on with you, David, and I guess sort of a, a joint subject with both Alessio and you. You went to go watch the the Hills Derby. How was that for an experience from from the supporters or from the neutral side, I should say, and the and the on field side? Yeah, so I went along as a neutral observer. I, I I don't have an affiliation with either club just now. I have in the past, but but not now. So I went along. Um, I went along as a neutral observer, and um, it was a good game to watch. It was a tight tussle. Um, I'll say a few things that Alessio might disagree with, and I'll say a few things that he might think are correct. I overall felt the first half was fairly even. Second half, maybe Mount Barker uh, had had the edge, but they just 
could not finish in front of goal. And I think that's a problem for them that we, or I certainly have, have raised in the past. I just don't know where their goals are going to come from. But they certainly created enough, you know. Um, the goalkeeper for the Hills Hawks is one Connor Hudson. Um, he's returning after a year off. Uh, and he was probably man of the match for me. Um, I, I had a chat with um, supporters from both sides of the fence, so to speak, and um, I think that was a general consensus. I don't think I was the only one that um, that felt that. So Hudson put in a great performance, um, some great saves, but um, you know, my Barker had a chance to win it at, at the end. Um, uh, at the last, uh, so, so to set the scene for you, uh, the Hills Hawks scored through their veteran Nathan Elliott with about 15 minutes to go, I'd say. Um, he was actually playing up front, so he's normally a, a centre-back, played up front, um, and they used their wings, they used the width really well um, through that second half, and eventually one paid off, cross in from, I think, Luke Smith, and Elliott came thundering in and smacked it with his boot, and uh, Clappers, the, uh, the Mount Barker goalkeeper, really had no chance from that close range, but the celebrations were very passionate, so obviously the Hills Derby still has a lot of that... Um, passion about it, that Hills Derby's in the past that I've um, been involved in, not necessarily with these two clubs, but there's always a little bit of um, an edge when two two local sides are, are together like that. So anyway, um, Elliot smacked the ball in with about 15 minutes to go, and then Hawks just parked the bus. They played with um, 10 outfield players right back in the box, I think. And I, it did look a little bit like Barker might get something out of it, but it, it just wasn't to be. You know, it's hard to I suppose to score when you're when you're playing against ten defenders. Um, and it's ended up in a one 0 win for the Hawks. So um, the return leg will be interesting. It's probably in the mid year sometime. I'll, I'll probably try and get back to watch that. But um, a draw would possibly have been a fair result. But my Barker maybe maybe the better in the second half. Very tight first half, but um, could have gone either way really. That's my take on it. Anyway. I've got a question for you, David. I, I did see some highlights or very snip, small snippets of the game. And uh, do you think Alessio deserved his, uh, his booking for a dirty, dirty tackle that he produced? Dude, that man <laughs> that man is an animal. I don't uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> no, there was actually I there were moments in that game where it was physical, but but it didn't it didn't interrupt the flow of the match. And um you know, you like to see a little bit of physicality anyway, sort of thing. And I and I don't know, I wasn't in either dressing room, so I don't know what the atmosphere was like in either dressing room before the game or or at half time, but um it's good to see a bit of physical I'm from the old school, so I like a bit of physical contact. Uh, I'd say that Alessio's file was maybe a little bit um <laughs> well, it wasn't necessary. I mean, it was in the middle of the park, right out in the wing. It wasn't like uh, it probably wasn't in the area. But then you don't want to do that in the penalty area, do you? But um, I thought the ref had a good enough game, Alessio, and uh, um, <laughs> he didn't he didn't stick out for me. I thought he I thought he did okay. I think I think at the end of the day, Mount Barker could have won that if they could if they could finish in front of goal. So Alessio, get your shooting boots on, mate, and start practicing. Yeah, I, I can't complain. It's probably a fair enough result of the. The game um, on our review on training last night, we we're talking about you're never going to get that many chances in a game. Again, uh, it's very rare you get. I reckon you could get on about ten chances that were could end up in goals that we didn't end up finishing. Some of our crosses as well were quite poor, but that's what happens. We knew that was going to happen, and we talked about it at halftime, saying we came into this half nil nil and. If we put one or two goals away, it's going to be a, a, a tidier kind of game. If you let the game keep going, it's just going to get one scrappy goal and then 
you're going to keep looking for it. But there's some positives to take at least after that goal. We made a triple sub as well. And a lot of people might have their heads down in the past. We probably have as well. Put our heads down after conceding a goal against the run of play, which we had probably liked. But it was good to see some of the players off our bench still create so many chances. And like David said, in the last minute, I think our striker slid in, hit the post with a near, a really close angled shot. But goes to show that we're still looking for a, a talisman at the moment as well with a leading score from last year. I think he came off with a knee injury in the second half, which was in one of the first few tackles of the game. He bounced off somebody and he must have twisted it quite badly. So he, during the rest of the, his put input in the game, he was probably playing with a bit of a niggle. Uh, the other striker, a new, new, new signing for us, sorry, from Perth, his name's Emerson Zinner. He was the, the large African fella up top. He created so many problems for them, and we just want we're just waiting for that one chance where he opens the floodgates and he would start smacking him in against everybody. Uh, in our video session is where you could see so many times he isolated them, took the guy on they couldn't even catch him. But just the final pass, keeper made some good saves and some double blocks on the on the goal line as well. So can't think about it anymore. As we said in the video, I don't want to, no one wants to think about this game until we play him again. So got to move on and it's it's i didn't realize until looking at fixtures now it's actually quite a tough run tough running from us in the first few games obviously this hills game as well we wanted to get the points out of but the next three we've got Hove, adelaide uni and eastern back to back so it's not the greatest start but who knows it's a the barker way to pull out a result against one of these teams instead of the one we expected to so david you you mentioned the goalkeeper had a good game for Adelaide Hills, uh, Connor Hudson. It's, yep. uh, you said he had a year off, which he did. I don't know he's, uh, he's in a band, but um, so that's why he took last year off. But I think if he was actually with with them last year, he would have probably helped them stay off that bottom spot last year. And I think he's going to go a long way to helping them do better than what I think we've all predicted this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, um, I, I He really, I mean, I, I think he... I think he probably kept the score. He was responsible for keeping the scores down. And I think one of the reasons that Mount Barker didn't concede wasn't just their wastefulness in front of goal. I think it was also Connor Hudson's goalkeeping. Mm. Um, uh, he, he was exemplary, um, no doubt about it. I, I did want to just raise one more point. Um, I know we want to move on, but um, it was interesting that uh, the Mount Barker coach, Nigel Gill's son, was playing for the Hawks. So I wonder what their um, Sunday morning breakfast or their Sunday lunch would have been like after the game. Nigel, say anything to you, Alessio, about that? Or is it all just kept focusing the game that's, that's uh, irrelevant just now? Well, I think you must know a little bit about how they play because the way we set up in the change rooms and what he, the board, what he had on the board, he kind of knew what they were going to play as and what kind of players are playing in each area, defensive mid that doesn't really make forward runs or small winger that always wants to get on the ball, stuff like that. So I think you must know a bit about them and I'm not sure if the other if his son would have told their coach more um, but I remember him playing against us last year as well and scoring against us almost right in front of his dad I think it was from a corner or something like that um, and it was yeah quite an awkward embrace when he was running past him to set up for the uh, the kickoff so yeah but that's interesting to see um, as you said there's players that have moved between both and I think this is the first club he's been at where his dad wasn't his coach so Obviously, he's trying to make a name for himself elsewhere and see how he goes. Mark, we'll go on to you. You had the amazing experience of calling an NPL game at High Marsh. We'll talk about the actual game itself, but 
how was the actual experience of being able to be at High Marsh as a part of media as opposed to a game day? Oh, it was, it was outstanding. You, you sort of rock up and it's, we were up in the media box, which is obviously right up at the top, which is a great view. Um, Johnny bought binoculars, but to be honest, you don't really need them. <laughs> but uh, now, look, the experience itself is great to have a call from from Highmarsh to because we actually, I know we only had a one camera working on the day, but while we were there, they were actually filming and putting it onto the big screens as well. So we actually had two cameras um, for the people in the stadium. I mean, we pulled 600, I think there's about 600 people there as well for the game. So it shows that people will come to that to that ground. So, and that's what I wanted to raise. I think if, if we could do that more for the local game, if we can get those double headers, because uh, they had the had part, some of the Red Army were there. I'm not sure if they still called the Red Army, but some of them were there for the game, which they go to every game, but there was a few more there this time because they, they knew the A-League was following. But uh, And I know that the, w, the, the women's A-League will be uh, ground sharing or playing a double header in a couple of weeks against victory but um, it'd be great if we could if we could get more games there for the MPL side uh, as Kurt raises when the W League is not on it would be it'd just be great because like I said it will build that connection between the MPL and the A League which is what we want to try and do we want to build that connection between uh, between the two uh, and try and get more Adelaide United involved with the local leagues and things like that. More people will go and watch, and then they go, actually, I enjoyed that MPL game. Let's go out and watch a little bit more of it around the grounds and not just Adelaide United, but they might go and watch a Metro or an FKB grad. So, um, but yeah, look, the experience was amazing. It was great. Unfortunately, I didn't get to meet Simon Hill, which was the aim, um, but uh, we did, did get to call from up there. It was great. So we got to see them set up and test all the VAR as well. So they did, they did all the te- VAR testing and that while we were there, which was very cool. We got chatting with some of the cameramen and whatnot, which was quite exciting to see how they all work and and whatnot and some of the equipment that they have on show, which was phenomenal. So overall, great experience. Love to do it again. Um, I, I don't think, I'm not, at this stage, there's obviously no more games there, but a great experience. And I, I, for you boys, if you get the chance uh, to, to commentate there, just, take the opportunity to jump on it you'll have to fight joining off but it's um but yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely worth it worth a chance if you get the opportunity definitely worth it yeah sounds like it would have been uh, an awesome experience and um yeah it'd be great to have a a, an opportunity at that at at some stage ourselves as well so um well, I had a I had a bunch of questions I was going to ask you, Mark, about it. Um, but I suppose the the main one was how did you go accompanying Johnny? Did you get him home okay after the event? Um, uh, uh, mate, well, did he behave thing. himself? So after our game, we stayed around. We watched the A League. We got to watch that from the media box, uh, which was quite yeah, an interesting take on it to hear what the media guys were having to talk about. So the the guys writing obviously from front page football, so Christian and and um, Tanis were there. Pagonis uh, was there. Um, then they had the Adelaide United guys who, which was Matt Mays and his offsider doing the, the, the Adelaide United stuff. Val Mikiaoche was there, a couple of other writers, and our very own Lockie, Lockie Gould was also writing as well. So it was great to hear their opinions while the game was going. Some of them valid, some of them not, but it was still, it, but it's great. And that's the thing, it's, it's opinions. It's all about opinions. So it's great to be able to hear those and, and, uh, and a lot of them are, Still supporters of Adelaide United, so when that goal goes in, they're like, "Oh, this is this is not good." But I did for me the most fascinating part was I actually met the guy that does the stats for the betting agencies. So that you know when you go into your betting agency and it says, "Borna um, Adelaide United on attack" and all that sort of stuff. So I actually met hit the guy that was doing that, 
so that was quite fascinating. And um, he sort of said to me, what do you think? And I was like, oh, well, said my piece to him. And he went, okay, cool. He goes, and he goes, how many goals do you reckon we'll concede? And I laid you up and I said, oh, probably two. And he went, oh, okay, cool. So him being a betting man as well, the second goal, when he went, oh, cool, you just won me 100 bucks. I was like, why? He goes, because I bet that you said to me earlier that they can see two goals. So I put money on it. I was like, oh, great. So he actually won- he came out on top. So I was like, yeah, thanks, cheers. thanks, mate. You could have told me that you were putting money on it. I would have as well. But um, but no, so he um, he came out on top and uh, an extra 100 bucks up. I was like, oh, nice. So, yeah. But he was quite fascinated with the whole stats and things like that. So that, that they sit up there as well in the media box and, and do all that for the betting agent. So what kind of stats is he taking a note of, Mark? Is it passes and possession time? and Yeah, so basically that? whenever yeah, so whenever there's a corner, he'll mark a corner to whoever, throw in, all that sort of stuff. So for the betting agent, so everything that you can bet on for the agency. So you can bet on how many corners a game, throw in, yeah. free kicks, all that sort of stuff, yellow cards. So he marks all of that down as it happens. Um, so he was doing that while the game was on. So half time, it was have a quick chat because he's stepping away from it and stuff like that. So quite interesting, especially if you're into that sort of thing. Absolutely. And that was a part of a, a great round of football, which started on the Friday. We'll go on to our reviews of the past week. We'll go through it day by day, starting with the Friday night between Modbury and Para Hills. Alessio, you and I were there at Smith Partners Stadium for what was a pretty good game to start off the season. Yeah, I thought it was a, a great game to start off the season. Another derby. Uh, it was the first one of the weekend. And, yeah, it kicked off with a bang. Uh, some early goals from Parry Hills really set the tone of the game. And some new some of their new signings as well coming back to haunt their old clubs. Uh, and some debuts as well uh, from players we hadn't heard of before. That really impressed us. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about some of our top three players in that game. But, yeah, there was obviously... The young fullback, Cairo Felix, who only recently I just figured out he was part of the NTC system like quite a while ago as an attacker as well. Um, so it's interesting to see that he's playing left back, but you could probably see that's where he got his um, attacking talent and flair from the way we saw it as well. He's one of the best players on the counter press um, that Mobley Jets had played. But talking to some of the players after the game as well, I was talking to Timothy Henderson for Mobbury Jets, and he was uh, agreeing, in agreement with a lot of the things that I told him from the game that I saw, especially in the first half where they weren't winning too many of the second balls and they just kept clearing it straight to the Parry Hills players who just counted them again. Um, and the other thing was I thought the referee, Daniel Cook, had a great game as well. Uh, quite a lot of, I think at halftime, I saw almost every player talk, try and talk to him before he kicked off the second half, but I thought he had a great game, didn't brandish too many yellow cards, and it was... It was a game of footy you'd like to see straight back into the MPLs. Goals galore, chances galore, uh, camera mishaps, um, celebrations as well. It's 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 all in the local game that you want to see, and I'm sure um, Parramatta are going to take a lot of confidence into that in that game, uh, going back to their home ground on Friday night again this week, which I think Seb and I might be on again. So yeah, yeah. Look, I, I did tune into some of the game. I. I actually was surprised and, and really enjoyed watching Kurokomana in the game. It wasn't what I was expecting. He sort of sat from what I could see uh, for Parry Hills. And I was really impressed with the way he played, um, just controlled that middle. Um, but it was it was an exciting game. And there was a little bit of some, some tough challenges, which was good to see from a, a derby as well. But it wasn't, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't dirty or wasn't at the top, but it was just hard. There's some strong hard tackles, and which is what you expect from the likes of Henderson and, and players like that. 
So I thought overall it was a, it was a good game and some great goals in there too. I was mentioning to Seb at the start of the game, but it seems like all those attacking signings that Parahus did make, that it pushed Vian into a, probably, I think it was a six role that they played. I, I think, think a holding role, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was talking to him during this week about when I was talking about what formation they were playing and how I can write him up for the game on Friday. But it's a similar position he played in the AFCON for Burundi over the last few years. They've obviously got the attacking talent as well all over the park and usually he's been deployed as a winger. But it really does uh, hold that centre defensive midfield role very well and his partner there, the captain, Mark Ulaj as well, which to my knowledge yeah. was also a centre-back in the past or in the most previous games that I've watched him in. But he stepped into the midfield as well. And I think they had a massive presence at the back there that Lionel uh, Muhatira, I think his name was, it's another yep. Burundi boy, massive defender. And he was just marshalling the troops from the back, almost Van Dyke-esque, I think, in some of his challenges as well. Uh, and yeah, you had obviously some players off the bench as well for Parry Hills. They were missing some players as well from the captain's photo shoot. I think their natural club captain is Adam Savetta, and he wasn't in the team sheet at all. Um, so it looks like Mark Ulaj might be taking the armband at the moment. Um, and yeah, some of the subs that came on, they obviously had the existing players that were in the lineup move up in different positions, like the fullback, uh, Maradi. He was starting at right fullback, got a goal in that in the second half, and then when they made some subs, he ended up playing as a right winger. So it's good to see a lot of the development of the players they have there. Yeah, I obviously wasn't there, but caught some of the game on the on the telly. Um, and, you know, to see the promoted side leading 2-0 against uh, last year's finalists at halftime was, uh, was a surprise, I suppose. But... Um, but also something that you're kind of excited to see. You know, it was good to see the first game of the season to see um, uh, to see that sort of uh, that sort of um, result at half. Time, well, not results at half time, but the, the half time mark to see the new side coming up, um, mixing it with the big guys. You know, I thought Conant had a good game, um, but as I say, I didn't see that much of it. But he was a bit of a standout for me. But uh, yeah, good to see that that first game from a promoted side uh, doing so well. Yeah, and just a final point before we move on to Saturday's games. Alessio, what a debut from Parry Hills Knights goalkeeper Yanni Delengas. I think we were singing his praises almost all night with his saves. He might have conceded two, but yeah, such a great game. Yeah, I think a lot of the fans on Twitter and social media as well were in agreement that he would got man of the match. Um, I remember seeing a few tweets and people saying that obviously it was a, an upset to many people's knowledge, but if anyone was to be the, the catalyst for that, it would be Yanni Delengas. Made some unbelievable saves, especially in the late in the game as well. It was already 3-2. Last few minutes remaining in the game, probably like two or three corners that were put right on his head. And I think there was a volley as well that got half a lid into the top corner, which he tipped over. So good to see that he could stay focused in such a big game like that. On to the Saturday now. We'll start with our State League 2 games. We had Port Adelaide versus Mobbury Vista ending in a 2-2 draw. Adelaide Uni versus Seaford 3-0. Cove beating no longer at home 4-0. Pontian winning 4-0 over Eastern United at home, which is a big result against Eastern United. Northern Demons up in Port Pirie beating Gawler 6-1. And as we know, and I've already discussed, Hills Hawks 1-0 over Mount Barker. Any real standouts from those games? Of course, we've already spoken about uh, the Hills Hawks-Barker game in, in good depth. But any others from State League 2 that have been standouts, you reckon? Yeah, I think the Pontian game is a standout straight away. We all have got Eastern quite high in the ladder towards the end of the season, but um, 
at home, they seem to be a different, that they seem to be able to make it work at their home ground. So it'd be interesting to see how they go away from home when they start playing, as, as Alessio has alluded to. Small pitch at home, they can utilise those, those quick players on that small pitch. It'll be interesting to see how they go when they start playing away from home on a bigger pitch, um, possibly on the artificials as well. So that'd be an interesting interesting uh, note, just a side note to see how they go when they start playing away. But that, for me, probably that was a, a big result. Um, and I think the guys would agree with me on that one. And for me, I think uh, Northern Demons, I don't think anyone expected them to win by 6-1. I, I think they probably had, most of them had Demons to win, but I don't think anyone would have picked them to win 6-1, that's for sure. Shout out to, to Fab's uh, goalkeeper who filled in for a week. Not only did he fill in for one week, but that gave him his 200th uh, game for the Federation as well. So uh, he was stuck on 199 looking at playing at Collegiates this year and he's managed to get his 200th uh, game in that one for Northern Demons. Yeah, the Northern Demons game is the one that kind of stood out for me. Um, as as you said, Mark, not not so much because they won. We, we, I sort of expected that, but um, but, the, but the goal, you know, 6-1, I mean, what a start for them for the season. You know, that scoring... Uh, five goals more than your opponent gives you a, gives you an extra point really in the league with your goal difference, doesn't it? So it sets them up nicely to to move into the second round. Um, but that was certainly the game that raised my eyebrows, uh, or or at least the scoreline that raised my eyebrow the most um, from that that uh, that league. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, as you can see in most of the results, I think probably the only one was State League One that had most most games were quite close, but. In the NPL and especially the State League 2, you see 3-0, 4-0, 4-0, 6-1, and then a 2-2 and a 1-0. So most of the uh, expectations of the teams we had previously, Cove doing well, Uni going to do well, Northern Demons and Pontian maybe the ones that we hadn't uh, shone the light on so far. But I think it's interesting as well. Next week, Northern Demons versus Pontian at Northern Demons. So those two players are going to, teams are going to come up against each other and maybe this time Ponting don't have that home advantage. But I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think maybe those two teams will be the ones that contend for that fifth and sixth spot. Um, and it was interesting to see as well. The dark horses, Alessio? It could be. I definitely would say Pontian will be up there. From the players that I know there and all the results they've had in the past few weeks, I don't know if they've lost in probably four or five weeks of preseason cup and league games. And they seem to be scoring goals for fun as well. A um, couple of new African players and some other new signings. I think they had Fontana Rosa came back. Um, he'd played previously for a few clubs that I knew of. Um, and he came back, scored the 93rd minute winner against Adelaide Uni as well. And they're beating big teams, which is the main thing as well. Beating Adelaide Uni and Easton in back-to-back weeks is it's a big thing for a club like that, Pontian. And, I'm not sure if they've had any finals experience since they've been included into the uh, leagues yet, but it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. They've, they've got that home back this season and they've got some good crowd that comes out there. So I think that's going to be a, a massive game to see what they can do against the, another team that's trying to push for that finals in Northern Demons. Yeah, another interesting game next week might be um, Cove and Mount Barker, LSOA. Cove are coming off that uh, 4-0 win against Norlunga. You know, if they can, uh, this must be, this must hurt you a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, if uh, Cove, if Cove can get uh, get a get a win against Mount Barker and and get a few goals in that one, then that sets them up nicely too. Because I think they'll have played 
what they've played the cup game and then they've played the league game and scored seven goals and not conceded any in those first two competitive matches. So, um, you know, with uh, I, I do respect you, Alessio. I don't want it to sound like I don't. But um, if Cove can get something out of that Mount Barker game, and um, that would set them up nicely too. Yeah, I think it's going to be like this for the next three weeks for any of the Eastern United and Adelaide Uni as well. Of course, they want to get some points on the board early as well. But I think these are probably the games that we don't think about too too much when you're in the moment. Uh, when you come up against a big team, you've got less to lose than we did in that first cup game we played against them. Um, and that was one of our main objectives, objectives this year was just to create, wreak some havoc in the teams that want to try and do well. I mean, I would say that we probably contributed to Western Strikers having to go up the hard way, the same way as Cove did as well. Both of us beat them uh, and took points off Salisbury as well. So these are the kind of things we want to do this season and try and wreak some havoc, get some points off people that aren't expected. So maybe these are the ones that we'll get from Cove or Uni or Eastern, stuff like that. But it's going to be our first league home game. Uh, and I'm sure we want to start it a bit better than that and probably score our own first goal of the year. On to State League 1 for your Saturday. 1-1 uh, draw between West Torrens, Burkala and West Adelaide. A 2-2 draw between Cumberland and Sir Adelaide Cobras, defeated by Playford. 1-2 Western Strikers, a 1-1 draw against Fulham. And then the last State League 1 game for the Saturday, Salisbury against Vipers at the newly named stadium. 4-1 the way of... Salisbury United again any real standouts I think the Salisbury game after just being promoted from State League 2 is a pretty big one yeah look, the Salisbury one obviously stand up we've, we've picked them to do well and we think Vipers are going to struggle well, I think Vipers will struggle this year but 4-1 at home opening day is a great result for Salisbury I wouldn't expect to be honest I expected them to win but uh, I, I wasn't sure how close the game would be uh, shout out to Munchie 300 game and scored a hat-trick on your 300th and from centre-back. There's not many not, not many centre-backs score hat-tricks these days, so shout out there. That's, that's, that's quite phenomenal. And I think all three of them were from set-pieces, which is not surprising at all. Uh, so that, for me, was obviously, like I said, we expected them to win, but I didn't think it'd be by, uh, by four, four to one. Um, and the only other thing, I think, for me, I'll leave the other ones for the boys, but um, Sturt and Cumberland, 2-2. Uh, Brian Elliott moving from Seaford, going up a league to, to Sturt, scored at opening day, I think eighth minute he scored. So great start for him in his Sturt career. Um, but just shows you how, how tight I think this league is going to be when you look at those results. Um, it just shows how tight I think this league is really going to be this year. We, we know it always is, but I mean, there's not much not much separating those teams across the board. Yeah, that uh, that game stood out for me as well, Mark. The other one that, that, that sort of um, caught my attention was West Adelaide's result. Uh, they scored their equaliser in a one-all draw with Percullah in the 95th or the 96th minute or something like that. Um, and, uh, I mean, I wasn't at the game, didn't see the game, but um, West Adelaide would have been hoping to get off to a, a better start than that. I would have thought um, if they're aiming to try and get back up into the into the NPL, the old veteran Barga scored the goal for uh, Barcala, uh, so he's still Did you running around. No, I didn't oh, see the took, game. Took it very well, very nicely taken goal. Just showed his experience. Some of the balls come across. It was a great finish. Um, and then the, obviously, we, as you said, West Adelaide uh, scored very late, like 94th minute penalty. Um, but yeah, Harper's uh, a little eager, I think, to get through a player. 
um, giving away the penalty. I, I was just uh, yeah, big push in the back, unfortunately for him. But uh, but yeah, I think you're right with the uh, with that game. A bit of a surprise. I expected West Adelaide to do better. I thought they'd come yeah. away with the win. As did I, and and um, you know, if if their intention is to get back up to the NPL, these are the games they've got. They've, these are the games they've got to win, you know, and you know, and um, at the end of the day, to just to get a point in the last, probably the last kick of the game, that would have been a disappointment for them. So that that game stood out for me. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, one of the things well in that Pakala versus West Adelaide game, I didn't realize how many players had transferred between the two teams. You had Costa Mantis, the captain of West Adelaide last year. You had. John Karatsis, Charlie Devereaux, like there was a lot of players there that had played for that previous club. And you could see how heated it was and so many bookings. I think we're talking about 11, I think, in the whole game in the end. And a red card to Karatsis after only coming on as a substitute as well. Um, and I think all the other games as well really surprised me. My my favourites, Fulham, throwing away yeah. at Western Strikers. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. How dare they? It's a tough place to go. I mean, it's a grass pitch and maybe they didn't expect it, but... I could see in their celebrations that I didn't watch the whole game either, only some of the goals, but possibly they must have been pushing quite hard for a goal. And after that, that equaliser came, it finally paid off. Uh, as you were saying, Brian Elowitz's debut goal was a bit of a gift, actually, if you watch the State League yep. goal highlights. Seb Matosovic on his debut for Cumberland uh, yep. kind of just gave it to him and he finished it quite well. I think as well, uh, the penalty you were talking about with West Adelaide, a similar one happened in that Sturt versus Cumberland game as well. This time was a defender too eager to get tight to, I think, Marcus Orchard from a throw-in. And just a little push in the back goes down. Penalty and Tom King scores as well to open his account for Sturt Lions. Uh, as you were saying as well, I think it was last week or the week before we were talking about kits. Viper's new kit with the snakes on it. I told you, Salisbury, it, that's, that's Inter from 2021, I think it was. They had the, they had the snake on, the, on their away kit, white away kit. So I reckon they've sort of seen that. And we'll work with that one. Not, I thought it was very, game. very cool to see. I it was, it's <laughs> cool to see. It's better than just a, a blank white and a blank blue template. Um, that is true. And obviously, yeah, I agree with you. I think it looks smashing. <laughs> and Salisbury as well had their new Macron kits with the nice collars as well. Uh, I thought they were quite cool as well. The last game we had Playford versus Cobras, which was one of the top two teams that we had last season in the state leagues, and. There was actually a couple of late goals from crosses as well for, for Playford, who actually got the result away in a tough place to go in Adelaide Cobras. And I think next week it's going to be an interesting game, Cobras versus Fulham. Both teams didn't get off to the best start and both might be title contenders. So straight away they get to play against one of their title hopefuls as well. Was that Fulham a uh, title contenders, did you just say, very very quietly just then? He did. We've got been saying it quite loudly over the last few weeks. <laughs> been saying, you've been saying they're going to finish, they're going to do really well this year. Yeah, I didn't, uh, think, I didn't think title contenders was how far you were going with it. Well, um, I don't know. I think, I think the title in the State League could go to any three clubs in the last day of the season. So I can they're going to be up there. Our first game of the Saturday in the NPL, Adelaide Croatia Raiders return to the NPL against Croydon. A great 4-1 win with... All goals coming from debutants for Adelaide Croatia Raiders. No Anthony Costa, but it didn't seem to be a problem for them. Yeah, the, the goals were underway quite early in that game and actually conceded um, in the first part as well. And I think it was when I was watching the highlights quite early in the game, I think they left They could have conceded as well, yeah. In the first minute or so. Um, so it was a bit of a topsy-turvy first half for them. But in the second half, they just came home with wet sails and just 
absolutely obliterated uh, Croydon off the park. Uh, the new number 10 as well, Katsuyoshi Kimishima, where they signed from Adelaide City. He had a, quite a good game, and I reckon he would have got three votes if the referee had to vote for somebody. Uh, and a couple more debut goals as well. Stefan Mateo, great finish inside the box there. And, yeah, Oliver Trimboli, I think, uh, got on the end of a yeah, header. Yeah, just after coming on. it was That was a great header as well, right into the top corner. Very similar to, as you were mentioning, Matthew Marchioro's as well. Uh, for Salisbury, that his third one as well was top bins header. Yep. So it's good to see some fantastic finishes. And I, I'd, I'd hedge my bets that that goal of the week is going to be hotly contended this week. There's only four in it this week, but I have seen that, have seen them going around. I think uh, Daniel Mullum is one of them with his header. We've got John from uh, Victory, but that his goal's in there. Josh Murray's free kick. Comments, it was Alan Welsh's goal. They're the four that are up for contention this week. I've already cast my vote. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, according according to Johnny, that uh, Croydon will be finishing second in the league after this performance. Do we think that that will continue on for the rest of the season again? I know it's only one game, but not the greatest start against an early promoted side too. Yeah, look, that, I, I, they seem to struggle at the start of every season. They struggled at the start of last season, but they come good. Uh, they tend to finish quite well over the last few years. So I'd say this is probably a one. I think I think they'll still probably struggle a little bit. They'll be that lower half of mid table, but not second. They, they, was that not second? Not second, no. Uh, but they do tend to finish the seasons quite well. So they'll, like I said, I think they'll be the sort of lower to mid table. But um, first game in, I worked the kinks out. I think they lost a couple of players to injury again. Uh, I was just chatting with a few few people that are in the know there, and they've got a few more than a few injuries at the moment, and a couple right before the season. So um, I said I think they'll come good. Um, but I don't think they'll I don't think they'll be finals, but they'll they'll come good and they'll they'll be all right. They did score first in that game and they were leading at half time. So Johnny would have been thinking he was uh, a champion <laughs> predict predictor or something, wouldn't he, at that point in time. But and it's good to see yeah. Andre Carl get off the mark quite early too. He's a good good player, Andre Carl, good striker. I like yeah. I like the way he plays and so he got off the mark quite early. So um, hopefully that bodes well for them and they can get a few more this year. Up the road to Oakton, we head to Adelaide City versus South Adelaide, a 4-0 comprehensive win. against South Adelaide, one of those teams we probably all predict to finish near-ish near -ish the bottom. Yeah, again, Adelaide City just having a good start to the season. Yeah, I didn't expect... Uh, I, I, if they, if I think if South had, South had JJ right out playing, I think that could have caused some issues for the defence. Um, but when you lose your talisman... South, he he is their talisman. He's their goal scorer. He scores in 15, 15 plus goals a, a season. When you don't have him up top, uh, harassing uh, and pushing, you're going to struggle, unfortunately. And I think they they just struggled without him this week. Um, he is injured at the moment. I'm not sure how long he's out for. Um, Ballet City just they did a professional job. They they scored. I think the first goal was in the 30th minute. So, but the problem was that they scored quite quickly after that as well. They scored 30 and 38. As soon as you can see two goals quickly, it's really hard to come back from because you've now got to go, okay, we're not one down, we're two down within a matter of minutes. So it does make it hard. Nick Booko on the score sheet already. Uh, I think he was at eight City's leading goal scorer last year from midfield. Um, so, and club captain this year. So I, I dare say he'll, he'll bang a few goals in again this year, but he's already up and running. But it's, it's going to be, uh, I think LA City, I said, I think if the club can put some pressure on their back four, it'd be interesting to see how they handle it. But I don't think South gave them enough this this week to to warrant. I had them as a draw just because it was early, and I thought JJ would be playing. 
Uh, unfortunately, he didn't play for South. So, like I said, I think that's a telling, telling out for South big time. I think Mark's covered it all very well. Yeah, I mean, um, I reckon Nicholas Buchel could score a goal every game he plays. Um, and that's currently what he's doing after one match. No, um, very convincing win. Um, yeah, I think South Adelaide, without Ryder uh, out front, maybe they lacked that little bit of fire, firepower in, in attack, but um, very convincing win. No, nothing really else to add to that. I think Mark's covered it well. A couple new debut players on scoring as well. A rock, Peter Akot and Lewis Larry Latanzio as well. Good finishes yeah. straight in. That's what you want in your first game for the club. Uh, and I think it's, it's probably going to be a fortress this season. They lost a couple games there last year, which I'm sure they don't want in their uh, pre preseason expectations. So hopefully they'll have that as a fortress and get more pl more fans out there every week as well. I just want to also say this is. For me, when when Adelaide Sydney are attacking at the moment, they've got quite a a number of attacking threats. Um, and when you can take off Nick Bucco and bring on Patrick Caragia, you know, as an attacking sense, you, you, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> Back down the road to Service FM Stadium, where we had Comets versus Olympic, we had a little chat. So we'll make this one pretty short before we go on to the game at Highmarsh. But yeah, Roberto Fernandez Garrido getting his first goal with a pretty decent assist from Aladnir Abona, but a good start for Adelaide Comet so far. Yeah, I think that, I think Aladnir Abona's assist was for Welsh actually, but uh, they, yeah, they both got off the off the, the blocks with a good good win as well. Uh, I think Adelaide Olympic, as we all had predicted, have got a, a bit to go still to be more contentious in the top six. Uh, they've got a lot of new players that they've blooded into this side and I think they've still got some time to get that chemistry, but it's good to see Comets at their home ground for now getting a big win. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Alessio. Good start for Comets. Um, we may be looking at two sides that will finish mid-table, so maybe this result um, or these the results between these two teams will just determine who finishes fifth versus who finishes sixth or seventh. Um, um, but at the end of the day, that's finals. Uh, that's a final series spot. Um, so these are the games that these two teams, if they do finish around that mid-table mark, they're really important for them to win um, because, as I say, it can be the difference between finals and not finals. But yeah, other than that, no, other, no further comment, Your Honour. Over to Hindmarsh, where the most publicised game probably of the round between Adelaide Nard Youth and Campbelltown was played out in 5-0 the way of last year's Australia Cup runner-ups. Josh Murray with a pretty outstanding game and Oscar Page, the Adelaide United goalkeeper with only his, I think his second or maybe third game in the MPL getting sent off. And then Georgios Kutsumbis making his MPL debut at Highmarsh, which isn't a bad place to do it. But again, pretty comprehensive win from a team, which I think we all predicted to win the league. Yeah, look, obviously it was on the game. Uh, they scored in three minutes, Alex Mullen just pressuring Oscar Page. And unfortunately for Oscar, his game just sort of went downhill from that moment. Uh, he 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 did struggle at, at times when he needed to stand up uh, crosses and things like that, um, and which ended him getting sent off in the 80th minute. So I feel for him, but great learning curve for him. Uh, hopefully he'll come back stronger, knowing that I think I think just the pace caught him out a little bit um, to start to start with. So hopefully from for him, he'll take it on the chin and he'll grow and he'll he'll learn from that. So hopefully all young keepers will. Um, but overall, Campbelltown were just outstanding. 
uh, Josh Morrie up top uh, for Campbelltown. Brilliant. I, I really liked the way they lined up. They actually had Matsumoto and Yoshikawa playing in midfield uh, in, instead of on the wings, and that was really the, the way they played was really impressive. But three players caught my eye was obviously Josh Morrie. We all know what he's like, but even still, he was he was great. His movement was excellent. I didn't even recognise him to start with. He's cut all his hair off. He's got really short hair. And I was like, who's this fella? Didn't realise that he got rid of all the locks. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, if you've got the locks, you grow them, man. But uh, hey, each to their own. Um, but he was impressive and his free kick was outstanding. But um, there was two other players that really stood out for me. And that was Tattoo from, from Adelaide United on the wing, 15-year-old. I'm going to say kid because he still is. He he was excellent. He outshone every Adelaide United player there. Every time he got the ball, so he he tried to make something happen, took players on. Um, he was excellent. Uh, and the other one that probably went really unnoticed was Centafanti sitting in the middle of, in the holding role in the midfield. They Adelaide United just couldn't get past him. He just sort of marshaled everything whenever they attacked. He marshaled everything. He was even picking up as Riley Stam came into the midfield to try and pick the ball up. He was picking him up, cutting him out. So he was really impressive. Um, but again, goalkeeper in me, shout out to Woodlands. At 2-0, made incredible save from the penalty. Um, and I think that really broke the camel's back because after that, Campbelltown then just went, no, nah, we're not letting that happen again. And after that, they just, just piled the pressure on um, as they did the whole game. That was a turning point. They could have gone from 2-0 to 2-1 and Adelaide United would have been in the game. But that save, just outstanding. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well. You were saying Yorgo Kutsumbis would be coming into the side now. He's actually made his MPL debut uh, two years ago, in 2022. And I think he's 2007 born. So I'm pretty sure he must have been about 14 or something when he made his debut. So yeah, I, I have remembered seeing him in the first few games. Everyone was quite surprised. You don't really see too many 14, 15-year-olds starting in the MPL. I think that might have been the year as well where Musa Toure played one of his first games, Nestor as well probably, and they were quite young there. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does uh, in the next few games that he gets. And as we were saying, and I'm sure you guys said on commentary as well, that spot in the MPL as the number one is one of the most up for grabs at the moment. So if he can stake his claim for it, and Oscar Page hadn't had the best of starts uh, this year in the MPL at least, then maybe he could be the one to continue in the future. I was just going to ask you, Mark, um what your opinion was on Riley Stam's performance because obviously he's gone into that Adelaide United side with um, a fair bit of expectation. Um, so he was substituted with about 20 minutes to go, I think, from memory. So he, he was he was taken off at that point. So um, I just wondered how you felt he'd played against Campbelltown because obviously this he's coming from Parahill's night, so he's coming from the, the division below State League One and this is his first big game, if you like, and, and, and centre stage. Um, just wondered what you felt or if you had any comments on, on his performance. I don't know. That question coming from Riley Stam's biggest fan, David Gray. I am, I am Riley Stam's biggest fan. I've got such a crush on the guy. Look, I, I really <laughs> like Riley Stam um, as a player, as a person. I actually know his old man as well. I, I was lucky enough to play football with his old man. Um, so I know the family. But look, it was funny. I even said in the comms that he's come to a side where he probably won't have to work as hard to create his own goals. He'll probably get a lot more, uh, a lot more assists. He'll, he'll get the fed of the ball in the right areas a lot more. But to be honest, he didn't get a sniff. Uh, Campbelltown just nullified everything. He he couldn't get into the game because every time the ball went into anywhere near him, 
uh, he had Centrefanti, he had Mullen, or he had um, Marisic right on him, didn't allow him the space. He, some of the touches he did get were, were brilliant, like little who just played the wall pass, but they were beautiful touches. So when he did get the ball and he was able to do those, wow, like they were great touches. But the problem was he just wasn't able to get in the game. And, and neither was um, – he had – who did he have alongside him? He had young Porter. And Porter, again, he couldn't get in the game either because it was so – they were just nullified by the way Campbelltown played. But I, I, I can see against other teams, uh, I, like they're going to be – those link-ups. So they, they did link up a few times and it looked good when they were able to. But I think um, giving them a, a different team, if they come up against an Olympic and a Croydon – uh, in the next few weeks, I'm not sure who they've got next, but I think that'll really, I think they'll really have a chance to to link up quite well. But give him time, and I think both of them, him and Porter, will will start to score and, and shine. But uh, that tattoo was was outstanding. If he can get the the end product through to to those boys and they can start finishing, then it'll be exciting to watch. Yeah, I was going to just add on to that point. As you were saying, he probably didn't get as many opportunities as he would like. He did score an offside goal. Um, and looking back on that on replay, I think the defender of the team of Campbelltown actually played it to him while he was in the offside position. So I don't know what the rulings are on that. But if you do look back on it, maybe the ref's seen that it looked like it take, took a touch off a United player making the inception. But I think he's come from outside the field to take the strike. And from the uh, opinions of the players on the bench at Adelaide United, they thought immediately after that that it was it was played to him by the... Hamilton player actually, so yeah, I'd have to look. Sure. I, I, yeah, as soon as I saw, it, I was like, oh, that, that he's come back from an offside position. So I'd have to have a look who the last touch was from because I didn't see who the last touch was from. But he was definitely, even though he was off the park, the ball was played to him. Uh, technically, he shouldn't actually be allowed. Like he's got to be able to, depending on how long he's off the park for and things like that. So it, it does have a, it does have a bit of a interesting ruling to it because if he wasn't on the park when the ball was played. In his direction, is he then offside when he steps on the park? Um, that's something we need. We need to get a ref on the on the show to to clarify for us. So we need to get we need to get Jaden on um, Jaden Bedden. We need to get him on to to clarify for us uh, when we need these referee decisions um, and some clarification. Absolutely. Is that enough of your weekly Riley stand fix, David? May we continue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm ready for the next one. What's next, Seb? Tell me what's next. Uh, that was all the games across all the leagues on my Saturday. We go off to the Sunday and what was probably a disaster start for FK Belgrade against Metro Stars, copping two early goals, having two players sent off and conceding late on to a veteran in Fabian Barbier with a, what looked like a half-decent crowd over at Frank Mitchell Park. Yeah, look, I, do you know what? FK Belgrade didn't play badly. It's just they didn't. They weren't there for the first ten minutes. If they'd have actually started when the whistle was blown and not ten minutes in after the second goal, it was quite an even battle throughout the game. Metro probably had had the slight edge, which we kind of expect in the way they play. But um, Beograd, they they weren't too bad. Like they they held their own for most of the game. Like I said, they conceded in the third and fifth minute. But if they'd have started on time, um, it might have been a different story. Um, and obviously, they've lost Lujic and Jakobsen late in the piece, 87th and 93rd minute, the game already effectively dead and buried by then. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a tough day out for them, but learning curve for FK Beograd, learning curve for Adrian, is because uh, that was his, his debut as a NPL coach, and I think he would have taken a lot from that, him and his coaching staff. So um, I'm just glad Barbiero scored. Um, 
one because great player and two it paid my bet off so that was great <laughs> i had metro i had the three i had over three oh i had over two and a half goals in the game so i was quite happy when that third one went in i thought sweet this is brilliant but uh look like i said i think uh beer group were just yeah they just didn't rock up for the first 10 minutes and and they sort of settled in after that and it wasn't they weren't like i said metro was still probably the better side but not as as big a three nil as what it could have been yeah, yeah. it's also christian verdicchio's uh 300th game i think it was as well and you could tell by some of the, the cards that were thrown out in that game how many was it mark i count nine yeah that was a lot and i was interested it, as well, well. it would have been 10 on oh, no, nine yeah counted nine yeah interesting as well to see the next game for beer grad is versus olympic so that's probably a team probably more on their level that they could uh get a result out of and it's interesting to see as well maybe they were tactical reds from jakobsen and Luic coming <laughs> against their former team the next week damian Luic, uh as i think we talked about in the first few weeks the uh, social media and team manager girls at Adelaide Olympic, yes. one of them is dating Damian Lujic. So, oh, really? Uh, it might be a bit of a tactical uh, <laughs> sideline game for that one. So there's no arguments back at home. But I think as well for Jakobsen to mark his debut like that, I think the, the second yell that he got was for talking back to the referee after they conceded that third goal. So I think that was definitely justified, but probably not the best way you want to mark your debut. And I think Damian Lujic's second yellow, from watching the live stream game, I thought that was a little bit harsh. I can't remember what his first one was for in the first half, but there was a few tackles. I think Falco did one as well on that, uh, the crowd side in the second half that were, I don't think they were as dangerous. If if we're talking mine was quite dangerous, then if you put them in comparison, <laughs> I wouldn't book them. <laughs> I think it's, it's not the best way to mark your start in front of your home fans, but hopefully I think next week they'll have a, better challenge and would be up for three points against Olympic. Yeah, you guys have covered it well um, to be, you know, 2-0 down after five minutes. I think you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head there, Mark. Uh, you're obviously starting very slowly and that's something they need to obviously address before next week. Um, yeah, just very slow out the blocks. Um, looking ahead to next week, I'm, and I know this isn't the segment really to do it in, but I'm quite excited to see how Metrostars go against Adelaide Croatia Raiders because they play each other next week, and I'm quite excited about that game. But, um, yeah, no, you guys have covered that very well, and and uh, congratulations, of course, to Christian Verdicchio on his 300th, handing out cards like it's Christmas. So probably his 500th card of all time in that game too. <laughs> on to the Monday for the final game for our week that was played. It was Martin Monday's at the sports complex between Blue Eagles and Victory. A 3-1 win for Blue Eagles, a Dante Cacciavallani brace and Victory with the one consolation goal of Pasio John, which is, a, as we said, a, a goal of the week contender, but a great start in SL1 for Blue Eagles. I think Alessio and I are going to disagree on this one, but Alessio, you go first, mate. Well, I thought it was a bit of magic in that second half. We watched that first half back and it was quite dull and not too many chances happening. Uh, one of my other cousins actually played in that game for Adelaide Victory. And he came off on the hour mark. I was going to say, how many are there? <laughs> like no, there's only two that there's only two that play. Okay, how many clubs did they play for? Well, two well, cousins play six clubs. All of us play in different leagues, so at least we never come up against each other now. But um, yeah, Alex Damazi for Adelaide Victory, the number ten. So obviously they have quite a few players they could play as well. Kunavelas came on for him, and I think he was probably oh you could say at fault for the third goal. He went down quite softly when they were on the attack. And it led to Blue Eagles going straight down the other end and scoring another one with Dante. 
but it was, it was good to see we're talking about if the Eagles can get those two and Ricardo De Silva and Dante combining, then they could be a title favourite as well. They showed it last week against uh, Playford linking up for that goal. Um, and I think they both had quite good games in this one. Uh, and I think it was probably the finishing of some of the Adelaide victory attacks in that second half that probably let them down a bit. Obviously, they had that screamer that went in from Passier John, but otherwise they had quite a few chances down the other end that were a bit tame in front of the keeper and didn't challenge him too much. And it just led to the longer the game going on, the more the Eagles would grow into the match. And I think from the sounds of the crowd, there was quite a good crowd there. Yeah, look, first half was, um, I think I've got to say about three or four times during that first half, but um, wasn't overly impressed. But uh, I think for, for Blue Eagles, their saviour is Dante and Ricardo. It's as simple as that. That's that's their their game plan. If they get the ball to them as quick as possible, they'll make something happen. And that's what they did in that game. I think the rest of it, they just sort of got by without doing nothing special. Um, I think there's some weakness for Blue Eagles at the back four. I think they could really, really go at them. There's, they've got obviously the likes of uh, Cooper Mullins and, and, and Declan Gray. But, I mean... I'm playing against them. Um, Cooper, I, you know Cooper obviously really well. Alessio, I rate Cooper quite quite highly. But um, the Declan Gray's a centre back. They've got him at left back. If you outplay him with some pace, he's he's going to struggle a little bit there. Um, I did like it when uh, Amari came on the Blue Eagles. I like Amari Dadero from Raiders last year. Quite a good good player. I think he he added a little bit of spark in that second half. Um, to the flair of Rick and, uh, and uh, Dante. But, I mean, I think 3-1, probably the, the late goal, I don't know if it's justifiable, but I, I, I'm not, I wasn't overly excited by either side, to be honest, with the, with them. But like I said, I think the fact that, that Dante and, and Ricardo De Silva is going to be the shining light for Blue Eagles, and if they can keep them fit, keep them uh, getting the ball to them as quick as possible, they'll create for them. And that's, I think that's what it comes down to. What I did find interesting, I don't know if you guys, if you guys looked at the lineups, but neither of the sides actually listed a coach in the start in the in the lineup on the lineups. So LA Blue Eagles didn't have, don't have a coach listed. They've got their two, they've got two managers, but no coach. And victory, um, they've got they they had three assistant coaches, obviously all there. I'm not sure where Rick, Rick Saraccio was. Is he suspended or away or something? Yeah. From that cup game, I think we talked about it last that's week. He got right. those two quick yellows, so he was suspended. That's right. Yeah, so it'd be um, Damien De Palma and Jim Sakinas. But then yeah, I said uh, Dominic Pipicellio as well. So, but uh, I, I couldn't remember that, I uh, didn't remember Sarachio got sent off the week before. But I found it interesting that Blue Eagles didn't have a, a coach listed at all. Yeah, so, I think some of those, the, the way they list things on that dribble is a bit interesting. I know at our club, one of our senior players is a coach for the 18s, and for some mm. reason, they list him as a coach for the reserves and the first team game, even if he's like <laughs> in the lineup for the first team. I don't know. That dribble's a bit interesting like that. So, well, that was it for round one, and we'll preview. We'll go through our predictions for round two. Um, three games on the Friday night: Eastern United versus Port Adelaide in State League Two, and then a, two games in the MPL with South Adelaide and Adelaide Comets. We got commentary on that with Lockie Gould and Antonis Pagonis, and then Parra Hills and Adelaide City as well at the Paddocks with Alessio and I. What are our predictions? I reckon I'll go Eastern Comets and a draw. Port had a good result on the weekend with a draw. Eastern, not a good result with a, with a 4 nil thrashing of uh, uh, at Pontians. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a draw there. Both teams will come out with a draw. 
Uh, Comets, for me, business. Uh, that's what I took from their first performance was it was a business. It was a it wasn't flair, it wasn't, it was just let's get the job done. That's it's a business transaction almost like they got the job done. So um however, South's at home on Friday night, it's always a tough game. Um it's always been I've I've called actually a couple of those games, uh, South and, and Comets in the, the last couple of years at South. Um, but I will go with I think I'll have to go with Comets and um I'll I'll go with Adelaide City. Uh, I just think they've got too much firepower. Yeah, I tend to agree as well. Eastern vs Port, that's the two relegated teams from State League 1 last year. Um, and I think Eastern tend to do quite well at home. I mean, they gave West Adelaide quite a game in the Cup the previous week. Uh, and they hopefully this time they, they bring the smoke machine and bubbles back and they might get a, a result there as well. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Eastern the win on this one. I think they're just going to do better the two, but I reckon it's going to be high scoring. Uh, you saw a couple of people mark their debuts. Uh, Kaka Dembele, who came from Seafood, he scored last week. And uh, they got a few more players back. South versus Comets, I think that's definitely going to be an interesting one. I feel like, I don't know what JJ's injury is like, but JJ on a Friday night game, it just always seems to happen. Uh, the times that I've watched South Adelaide or watched JJ scoring goals, it's often in a night game for some reason. Um so I have a feeling he's going to come back for this one. I'm going to give it a draw in that game, South versus Comets, and it will be a very big point for for South if they can get that as well. Uh, Comets obviously going to be a top six side in my opinion. And the other game, Parry Hills versus Adelaide City, another Parry Hills game for Seb, the local, and me as the lead this week. I was impressed with Parry Hills last week, as was Seb. Um, I think Adelaide City are going to be too strong. They know how to play on a grass pitch as well. Those dimensions, uh, I think they've changed over the years at Power Hills as well. But I think Adelaide City is going to be too strong there and take the win. Battle of the black and whites. Well, Power Hills will probably be in orange like they were last week. No, they'll play in, the, they'll play in their white. Uh, City oh, will play in, the, uh, yeah. in their whatever. The pink. The pink. The pink. The pink, we'll see the pink for Adelaide City. Pink in the flesh. See the pink. I'll go Eastern United on that. But can I pick a draw, a win, and a win? Or do I have to make a decision? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go Eastern United. South Adelaide at home to Adelaide Comets. Um, I think Comets will... Oh, gosh, that's a hard one to pick as well. I think Comets will have momentum from their 2-0 win uh, last week and will continue that form into this match. If South Adelaide don't have ride out as well, um, that's a little bit of a problem for them up front. So I'll go Comets in that game. So Eastern United, Comets, and I think Adelaide City will be far too strong for Para Hills. I think Para Hills looked good on last Friday night, um, and it's uh, and I'd like to see this promoted these promoted sides giving a bit of a shake into the division that they've uh, shake up in the division they've moved into. But Adelaide City winning four 0 in that opening game was very convincing. So I'm going to go Adelaide City. So that's Eastern United, Adelaide Comets. Adelaide City. Those are our Friday predictions for Set League 2 and MPL. We'll move on to the Saturday. We'll do all these in relatively quick fire. We'll go through all the State League 2 games, starting with Mobry Vista and Hills Hawks. For me, that will be Mobry Vista. Yeah, I'd agree with you quickly. I would say Mobry Vista to win that one as well. Um, yeah, Hawks didn't show enough for me at the game uh, last weekend to convince me that um, that they'll come out of uh, come out of this one with a win. So Modbury Vista at home to win that one. Vista yeah. for me, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you picking Hawks? Are you going to pick them at all this year? <laughs> no, I hope put, put a few past them as well. Get that goal difference back down. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I have to go Vista, but if if Hawks get the win, uh, does that mean Charlie Bowman's uh, up for uh, up for on the chopping block? 
he'll, he'll love uh, giving him a shout out there. So <laughs> to the city, and we go to Adelaide Uni versus No Longer. For me, Uni will come out on top on this one. Yeah, Adelaide Uni will get the win there. Adelaide Uni. Adelaide Uni for me too, boys. Easy done. We'll go on to Northern Demons versus Pontian, a very interesting game. I think I will go with Northern Demons. Demons at home. Uh, they'll have almost a full strength side this week. Uh, I'm not saying that Fabs is bad in goal because he's not a good keeper, but um, the, the regular number one, Sonny, will be back. So uh, bigger pitch as well, artificial. I uh, have to go Northern Demons up there. I'm going to go draw for this one. I still think that those uh, pacey players of Pontian are still going to cause a lot of trouble for that Northern Demons team. Obviously, as well, we saw, we talked about, I think, a couple episodes ago, Michael Iafala made his debut last week for uh, as well. Northern Demons, scored. So I think they got some danger up front, but I still fear for that defence uh, against Pontian. I think it's still going to be a draw. I would have probably gone with a draw had Northern Demons not scored six goals last weekend. So I'm going to go with Northern Demons at home. And I reckon they'll score two or three. Next up is, I think, what you called, Mark, the distance derby between Seaford and Gawler. Or, I mean, uh, no, sorry. That's the, the second, the second yeah, distance derby, I should say. Yeah. Uh, Close I'll, uh, I'll go Seaford. Yeah, I'm not sure on this one, to be honest. Um, I think Seaford might just struggle in front of goal unless Daisy uh, Darlanis is playing and starting. He, he's a, a goal threat. But um, at home, I'll, I'll go with the home side. I'll go Seaford at, at home on this one. Yeah, I kind of tend to think that it's going to be a big game for either of these two sides. Uh, they both had poor results in the first round, and this is definitely an occasion, like we said in the change rooms, when you're playing a team like Hills for us, if you can beat a team that's near you, then it makes it a six-pointer. So I think for Seaford and Gawler, it's going to be a similar situation where this is probably two teams that are going to sit quite close to each other in the table by the end of the year. So I think if either of these guys get a win, it's going to make... Uh, almost a six-pointer between them. But I'm going to give Gawler the win on this one. I think they've got some good attacking talent. One of my good mates, Luke Fusco as well, has been in hot form. So I reckon they're going to get their win away there. Is he a cousin of yours or just a friend? Or <laughs> <laughs> Just a friend. Okay. Uh, no worries. Um, so I'm going to go for a draw in this one. I think it's uh, you're looking at two sides that... Um... Well, I don't think either of them are going to set the league alight um, this season. Um, having said that, I agree with you, Alessio. I think it is a bit of a six-pointer for them, but a draw for me. Two evenly matched. Alessio, of course, we do love you and we believe in you and you have amazing football ability. But for me, I think Cove will win against Barker. Don't go silent. Yeah, long walk. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear everybody else's predictions before I go. I'm going Cove. I'm sorry, Alessio. Uh, you go, David. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for an away win here. So I, I, I think Hove uh, could be too strong. Um, I did watch the the Shira Cup game between these two sides, and uh, it did take Hove what 50, 60 minutes to get the opening goal. But after that, they were they were quite convincing. Uh, I'm going to go for a cool win, three 0 Goals to Ollie Grant, Callum Elms, and Jared Daly, three former Hawks players. See your cousin. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I've. I did pay attention to some of the uh, subs they made as well. I think Matthew Canny came off half-time or in the first half. Um, yeah, come on. And I think Jared Daly, he came, Jared Daly came on at half-time and then off at the 67th. So I'm not sure if he's got an injury as well. But yeah. I've always been confident in my team. But I think this team, I, I'm going to say draw. I think, I think we held him off well in that game. Uh, and then some unfortunate subs taking off his star right back and then they concede two more goals. So... If I can stay on the pitch, maybe it's it's a draw, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And I, 
I just hope we can get a point out of the big team. That's probably all you can expect and all you got, you got nothing to lose out there. So we can push everybody forward and hopefully try and take some of these chances in front of our home fans. I wait for the day for us to pick your team blues and next week we find out he's not playing for Barker anymore. Yeah. <laughs> on to State League 1, uh, first game, Salisbury and West Adelaide. I think Salisbury at home. Yeah, looking at that, thinking an upset could be on the cards, uh, but I'm going to go wrong. If you'd asked me the question at the start of the year, as in two weeks ago, I would have said West Adelaide. But Salisbury United excite me. They they, they, they were great last year, obviously won that uh, SL2 by some way. Um, they were good in round one. West Adelaide scraped it in round one. So I think this will be a Salisbury United home win. I'm going to stick with Mark. It's going to be a draw for me as well. I think, yeah, they probably struggled in the previous match, West Adelaide, but they do have some quality. Um, and I think versus Salisbury, they've got the quality in front of their home fans, but it's still a ex-MPL team against an ex-Stately 2 team. So it might have just enough to get a point. Easy done. Fulham versus Cobras at Fulham, I will predict. It's a hard one, to be honest, but I reckon I'll go Fulham. I'd agree. So if I got one to pick, but I agree with you, I'll go with Fulham for this one as well. A home win. A draw. I'm going to go Fulham. Uh, if, and I don't know if anyone expected that one, but West Beach is yeah one of the <laughs> toughest places to play. And if you're a team like Fulham or Sturt, when they played there, they probably got it under wraps by now and how to play on that windy and bouncy surface. Uh, Cobras are really going to not like that after training on their grass pitch all week. Uh, both teams obviously had poor results in the previous one, so I think it's going to be one of the bigger games in the State League one this week. And I'm going to give the home side the win as well. Playford versus versus Cumberland up north. I think Playford will come out on top. Yeah, Playford. Yeah, I agree, Playford. Yeah, I'll go Playford as well. Adelaide Victory versus West Torrens. Bacala, of course, Victory kind of that loss to Blue Eagles and Bacala ending up drawing to West Adelaide. I reckon a draw for this one. At home, I'm going, but uh, Victory, that pitch is so unpredictable. Um, tough to play on. Always has been. So I'm going. I'm actually going to go with victory on that one. I'm going to go with victory as well, and I'm going to call it Evan Cunavellas goal. An Evan Cunavellas goal to win it. I'm going to go for. Uh, I'll go for a draw. I'll go for a draw in this one. Can't really pick either over the other at this point. Draw. I put Sturt versus Adelaide Blue Eagles. Blue Eagles with a good win against the last well, this this past week, and I reckon they'll come up top in Sturt. Uh, I'm going Sturt win. Uh, I think they can, if Sturt can nullify Dante and Alcado, um, and we brought up front of Sturt, I think they've got enough there. So it comes down to whether they can nullify, but I think at home, uh, artificial Blue Eagle coming off the grass, I think um, Sturt win. I'm going to go draw in this one. Uh, I think they've both, both got some firepower up front, and it was disappointing to see Lachlan Duffy come off at halftime um, with a hamstring injury in the first game, uh, which you let me know about. It shouldn't be like too many weeks that he's off for, but it's a, it's a big position to lose someone with that experience. So I'm going to give it a draw for both of them. Yeah, I'm with you, Alyssa. I, I think this one will be a draw. Couldn't really, I'm sort of leaning towards start initially, but um, in retrospect, I think it'll be a draw. And final game for the round, the two teams, which I think we all predicted to finish bottom two of State League One, Vipers versus Western Strikers. It feels bad because I almost can't pick a winner, to be honest, but I reckon I'll go with Vipers. Well, I'll go, yeah, I'll go a draw as well. I think I pick more draws than... Than any of you, but I think this one will be a draw as well. I'm going to go Western Strikers as well. I think they showed quite a bit against Fulham uh, in, for most of that game. And in some of the preseason games, they were quite close to the Comets, I remember, at home there. So I'm going to give them the 
the upper hand this week. On to our four NBL games for the Saturday. Croydon versus Campbelltown at Regency Park. I reckon Campbelltown will come up, come on top after a, a barnstorming win against Adelaide United. Same like Campbelltown. Yeah, hard to see it going any other way. I think you're right. Campbelltown too convincing that game last weekend. And uh, I think they'll they'll cruise through that one, unfortunately, for Croydon. Agreed. Campbelltown for me as well. To Service FM with Adelaide United and Mowbray last last year's uh, grand final rematch. We'll have Johnny and Antonis on comms there. Again, Adelaide United, of course, as always, a very different side from the year before, but Mowbray coming off a derby loss. Probably a tough one to call, but I reckon I'll go with a draw, but I, I'm leaning towards Mowbray. Yeah, look, I don't sell too much. I'm going to go Mowbray. After watching Adelaide United last week, they got a little work to do on the track this week. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go and mob break. I'll actually go with Adelaide United. I think they'll have been given an absolute rollicking through the week. And um, in no uncertain terms, the, the squad will be expected to lift their game and pick up points against Modbury. So I'm going to go for Adelaide United. Home win. Probably same goal. Dreamy. <laughs> I think I'm going to go for a draw in this one. Uh, I'm interested to see how long it takes for Modbury Jets' new signing and ex-Adelaide United player Jordan O'Doherty to get a run in the side. I'm not sure how injured or available he is yet, but I reckon if he plays in that game, it's going to be a star-studded show for them. But I'm going to sit on the fence with the draw. Penultimate game for the round in the MPL Metro versus Adelaide Croatia Raiders. A very exciting one, I think. Uh, David, it'll be you and I back once again reunited on comms. I think we can't wait for it. Um, but I'll go for the upset. I reckon it'll be Croatia Raiders... You know I what? think so too, and I think that's why this tie is so intriguing. Why I'm so excited about it. Uh, uh, Croatia Raiders just there's just something about them, you know, um, that I really quite fancy. And um, Metro Stars, okay, they scored two early goals in the first five or six minutes last weekend, and they got a goal right at the end. And in between, by all accounts, it was a fairly even match. So um, if Croatia Raiders can can come in not undaunted, if that makes sense, because uh, Metro Stars are obviously a big, big club and a big, big team, then I think Croatia Raiders can sneak this, and I'm going to go for an away win, I'm going to go for a Croatia Raiders win. Don't all gasp at that at once. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to go with a score draw. A two or three all draw. Yeah, I think I would go with a score draw as well. I can't. I remember one of the one of the other late games they had there, a night game Metro, one of the only losses they were they had last year was against Beograd with Josh Murray and that team scoring the winner. And I, I kind of see it probably as a similar game where probably a, a side that they would expect to be anybody at home might give them a bit more of a run than they expect. So I'm going to give it a draw. And hopefully one more week till we see Anthony Costa. And the final game for the round, the late game, Adelaide Olympic versus FK Beograd. I don't know, something about this to me just screams nil-nil. And say so you're not the only one, but I, I actually think it's going to be a draw, and it's going to be a if it's if there's a win, it's going to be a one nil. Um, but I'm not, I don't, I don't see too much, uh, too many goals. So yeah, thinking a draw. I'm going to go for an Adelaide Olympic home win. If KB Grad will obviously have a couple of players out through suspension this week, um, so there'll be a bit of reshuffling goes on there. I'll be interested to see what they what they do to to manage that. So what two players out through suspension. Um I think Adelaide Olympic at home will be the winners of this one. I'm going to go the other way I'm going to give it to Beer Rad in a way win. I think neither side have the best defences after looking at the first week. So I think a nil nil would be pretty interesting to see if both of them can keep a clean sheet. But 
Yeah, I'm going to give it to beer grad this week. Well, that's all games from round one gone through and round two previewed. Of course, if you want more football content, make sure to watch the local game, which I think this week is co-hosted by, again, one of our own, Alessio, if I'm led to believe. Yep, filmed it last night with Johnny. Uh, he's got a few interesting interviews I think you might have from the Comets Council meeting last night. So be interesting to see what guests he has when it airs tomorrow night. Absolutely. On YouTube on Thursdays and Channel 44 on Fridays. That's all from us for this week, episode four, round two of the men's leagues. Thank you, Mark, for joining me. Thank you, Alessia. I'll see you on Friday. I'll see you on Saturday, David. Mark, I'll look forward to seeing your shiny bald head another day soon. <laughs> and we'll be back next week.